0: I don't think they understand the history of the United States. And the history of the United States says that the most revolutionary movement in the United States has come out of black America. It's come out of the oppressed nations. And it's come out of how the working class struggle has navigated that. Always. The most revolutionary tradition is there. And also the working class as a whole Always has to reckon with this. I'll just say there's you know, this one story, personal story. I'm a shop steward at a social service agency, and you know this is during COVID, and you know my coworker, black woman, she's written up for a very, very, very questionable so-called offense right? And the offense was she didn't call someone. The person could, supposedly could have gotten hurt. Uh, we're all social workers, right? So we're, we're working with older people and uh, supposedly she didn't do her due diligence to make sure someone was safe. She could have fallen, et cetera, et cetera. But she got written up for that, for a, a first time offense, despite the fact that the union contract said the first time something happens, you have a conversation with them. But no, she was immediately written up with a warning. And so this coworker had forever, you know, she had been there longer than I had, she had forever suspected that she was treated differently because she was a black woman, that she was discriminated against, that uh, uh, her, just her, her being in the workplace was looked at differently because she didn't act like most of the middle-class white women who were around, you know, it, it, who, who occupied the workspace. And so she immediately wanted to go after the supervisor who wrote her up with this point. And we had to have a long, hard conversation about one, what's the strategy here? Can we win given our situation? But I had to acknowledge (laughs) that racism was a real problem in the workplace and for black women like herself. I had to acknowledge that. Because black people every day, every single day in this country face uh, massive amounts of uh, super exploitation. Whether it's the fact that they make 50, 60, 70 cents on the dollar on average to a white worker. That's just the reality. Whether it's that it'll take 220 plus years for black families to get up to the median wealth of white families. right? Whether it's the fact That more than 40% of the mass incarceration regime, 2 million people, are black people. And that black people are twice as likely to be killed by police. Their life expectancy declines far faster, right? 2020 alone, I think it was four years. These are working class issues. This is the national question. We have to be attentive to that. Who are we recording? If your idea is to go to working class whites, I have no problem with that. No problem with that. But if your overall message for all communists is MAGA, I don't want to hear that. That's not sound strategy. Because look at what has happened. Nothing positive has, tell me what positive has come. For MAGA, MAGA is an outgrowth of societal capitalist collapse. That that can be seen as a positive, but MAGA itself, to me, is not necessarily a positive. It's something we have to navigate. We do have to approach. I'm not saying, oh, cancel everyone who's a Trump supporter, any of that. No, I've never done that. Never said that. I don't believe that. This is not about individual political persuasions. I believe, yes. If people are willing to listen, if we have common ground on certain issues, let's do it. Let's talk. Socialist, real socialist and communist movements are divided, right, into various areas of struggle. You have the mass struggle, right, hopefully conducted by mass organizations trying to build together a mass movement around concrete issues and needs in areas of this struggle so that people are in motion right and then you have the communist party or the party organ that is supposed to be the vanguard it's supposed to be guiding that struggle it's supposed to be out in front it's supposed to be explaining to the masses when they are disappointed when they are repressed when they win why they won why they've been repressed why they've been disappointed right that Is the role and function of communists who are interested in building parties, structures, organizations. And I don't see MAGA communism doing that. Maybe in time. Look, I'm not unreasonable. Maybe in time. But I do think there will be a reckoning eventually. There has to be. Because anything that comes out of the excrements of the two party duopoly will have contradictions so acute that they will not stand in the same way forever. They just won't. It's just not going to work out Uh, the way you think it's going to work out, maybe in your head. So, you know, for me also, I want to comment on another phenomenon because to to me, uh, MAGA communism, it's an idea that not fleshed out, of course, there are problems with the bourgeois parties, uh, lack of attention to the national question, to racism, to all sorts of key class struggle issues, not identity politics, not the woke agenda, but the way people are living in the United States at this moment in the need for a real multinational working class movement. If you want to build a working class, white organization, white Uh, mode of uh, winning people over to socialism great but you're gonna also have to be in solidarity with those forces who are trying to build the overall socialist and communist movement you can't just say that uh, any no one who agrees with you is uh uh, you know if you're a communist you know you don't you're not uh, you don't agree with this that that means you're a liberal or some nonsense like that absolutely nonsense i mean to me it's amateurish it's immature that's not how socialism how communism develops we've got to we got to come with stronger stuff all right you got to build some skin some thicker skin so um but there's another phenomenon here and that is social conservatism i hear this all the time o- online right generally from the same forces, but a lot of different people. And a lot of it is a reaction to, again, liberals, the Democratic Party, how they have exploited identity politics, how they have co-opted a lot of issues, whether it's environmentalism, uh, uh, gender and sexuality and issues there, uh, race, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We can go all, all, all along the line. In my book, again, on American Exceptionalism in 2019, and in dozens and dozens of articles, I have written about the dangerous trend. I, I've been writing about this since, I think, before a lot of these forces you know, hit puberty. Right? I've been writing about this. And we have to understand that, yes... For example, the Obama era was the most disastrous era because it brought this politics of diversity, inclusion, uh, identity politics, quote unquote, to such a, a, a dangerous level of uh, propaganda, right? It, it was weaponizing it to reinforce American exceptionalism and to push forward people, and I still believe this, people like Hillary Clinton, who I believe was more dangerous and still is more dangerous than Donald Trump. In, in a lot of ways, I mean, that's been my position a long time, but it's to push forward people like that. It didn't necessarily work very well, as we see by the conversation I'm having now, by uh, the fact that politics in the United States has changed quite a bit, but it is still very much having a stranglehold over the Democratic Party base. Meaning that, yes, identity politics is a huge problem in the sense of neoliberalism, in imperialism, in the way that the ruling class uses these issues to reproduce exploitation and oppression and to reproduce and and to make it more effective. As we coined in Black Agenda Report, the great Glenn Ford, my mentor, coined, has made the Democratic Party the more effective evil. And I still believe that. However, you cannot cede these issues to them by leaning to MAGA, which is a reactionary trend, a reactionary response to it, we're seeding the struggle against racism. We're seeding the fact that, for example, right? there's a lot of just nasty stuff I see online within this camp talking about trans people. Man, that's some really lame stuff. The vast majority... Of people who identify as transgender, regardless of the direction, regardless of, who, regardless of how it manifests, how, how uh, people decide to go through this process. vast majority are working class. Fast majority are poor. I think it's something like one in five transgender identified adults will experience homelessness, right? Nearly all of them experience job discrimination, wage differentials right? Wage inequality. These are class struggle issues. These are things that we have to confront because the ruling class is the one that's using, that is that is responding, that is exploiting people on this basis, right? And, and this is what capitalism does. This is what American capitalism has always done. It uses anything, any any reason it can to increase the rate of exploitation. So we can't see that to billionaires, NGOs, foundations, we can't cede that struggle to them. We have to be in solidarity with working-class trans people. We have to be in solidarity with poor trans people, many of them trans people of color, many of them in prisons face the most heinous, I've I've written about this, the most heinous forms of discrimination and uh, violence from the state. So We have to be in solidarity with all people who are being exploited by this system, both as workers and for whatever other reason that the ruling class has decided to use as a reason to increase the rate of exploitation and repression and to divide us all. So, communists pay attention to the particular and the specific. I mean, in the general, I should say. The particular and the general. So, in general, you know, we should be developing a broad based working class movement based on unity on what we can fight together on right now. And to me, there's a lot of things that we could do that are very concrete healthcare, Medicare for all. Millions of young people right now are, are saying they're anti capitalist and are leaning towards socialism. And on all these issues, Medicare for all, student debt cancellation, uh, police brutality, they're on board right now. Why no attention to them? Are they just co-opted by the uh, neoliberal establishment? Are they just dupes? Just because the duopoly has a stranglehold on politics, you're going to cede them to the Democrats? If we're not going to cede Uh, voters uh, who voted for Donald Trump, who may have the ability to be won over to socialism. Why would we cede young working class people to the Democrats? Why would we cede uh, black workers to the Democrats? Why would we cede union members to the Democrats? To me, that sounds strange. Why is this partisan? Absolutely no reason for this to be partisan. Absolutely none. So, for me, right, these are class struggle issues. This class struggle is not simply about uh, playing with words, right? It's not about uh, figuring out the coolest ways to mix uh, MAGA, uh, maybe a popular online phenomenon, and communism becoming more of a popular phenomenon online and offline, which is a positive. So it's it's not simply about that. It's about understanding the material reality confronting the working class, confronting oppressed people.